You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and podcast strategist. Now, my guest today says leaders create leaders. We need to understand and develop Generation Y and Z as they will make up 70% of the workplace by 2030. And joining me on today's show, Jessica Schubert. Now, originally from Germany, Jessica has lived and worked in the corporate services industry all around the Asia Pacific. Now, seven years ago, Jessica started her own leadership coaching practice to help people and businesses maximize their potential. Now, she helps leaders better conversations with themselves and with others so that they can create workplaces where people are happy and they're productive. And one of Jessica's specialities is multi-generational leadership, helping leaders to temperature check their work culture and put steps in place to close the generational gap. On today's show, Jessica is going to share generational shift, what has changed, and how does it impact our workplace culture? She's also going to talk about communicate with your growing workforce of younger generations and get them involved to change your workplace culture, as well as how to temperature check your multi-gen workplace culture as well. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Anne-Marie. Very excited. Very, very excited. I mean, we are living in a very different world, a very different place. I'm sure you have had many conversations with uh, businesses, your clients all around the world, who are not only dealing with multi-gen cultures, but now how are we going to manage this online? So I know this is going to be a, a real rich uh, topic. Before we dive in, what was what was it that led you to really starting to want to specialise in this particular area? Was it something you'd always have an interest in or something? Something that you found yourself helping businesses win. What was your story? Um, and Marie, it was probably came. It probably came more from my clients uh, because I listen to what my clients need more of, uh, but also where their challenges lie. And one question that my clients, you know, are coming back with constantly is: You've probably heard this before. Millennials are so entitled; they don't have the same work ethic as us, what are we going to do with them? And through, you know, those sort of comments and that content and context, I've started to do a lot of, um, you know, research around it, um, but also develop, you know, workshops and coaching sessions to really help solve that problem. Because in the beginning, you know, six years ago, I didn't know what that was. I just saw, you know, um, team dynamics that didn't work, um, certainly clashes between sort of the older and the younger generations. And I said, look, you know, I'm going to um, do some work here um, and I do research so I can facilitate in the best way how to put out all the stops. And you have to start with awareness. You have to know you know, the content and context and have that research and then develop from there. 
Yeah, love that. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm sure, I mean, we're now talking about, uh, you know, Generation Y, Generation Z, and I'm sure when you go back 10 years, maybe even 20 years, uh, you know, the older generation back then was probably talking about Gen X, saying these Gen X is coming into the workplace. I mean, so it's interesting. I think one of the greatest things that we can do, as you said, is really gaining an awareness because I think everybody has unique styles and unique approaches that they can bring to the workforce. And if we're trying, um, you know, to that saying fit a, a square peg into a round hole or vice versa it really doesn't work now let's talk about some of the generational shifts you say that what's changed like talking about that but how does it impact our workplace culture what are some things you're finding Mm. So the, the first thing, you know, I want to sort of uh, go back to what you've said before, you know, they've been generations, you know, before, and they're actually the oldest ones we talk about at the moment are the tra traditionalists, yeah, they're 72 years and older, they're not in the workforce anymore, but they were 10, 20 years ago. And here's the thing with generational differences, differences are felt by every generation. Yeah, it's not a one-way street. It's not that it's always the younger generations. It's also the other way around. So when we say, you know, as uh, baby boomers and exes, you know, we talk about uh, Generation Y, which are millennials, yeah, and Generation Z, which is the younger generation that's coming into the workforce now that we think, you know, some of their behaviour um you know, it's perceived as being entitled and not hardworking. It goes the other way around where they perceive us in a certain way, yeah. Um, from them, you would probably hear things like, you know, why are you printing so much paper? What's with all the rigid, you know, it's too rigid in, in the way you work. Why would you say we've always done stuff like that? You know, th this is how we do things around here. Where's the flexibility? So they see us as overly rigid and, you know, using traditions and the way we work, um, you know, often in a complicated way. Yeah, they think we can't use technology in the way they do, right? Yeah. So we have to be mindful of, you know, the fact that um, differences are felt by every generation. And here's the thing, the, uh, the, the biggest gap is when there is a generation in between, yeah? So we're looking at baby boomers, for example, who are um, between 50 and 70 years old, yeah? There's still uh, some, some of those are in our workforce, Generation X, between 40 and 55, millennials or Generation Y, it's the same, you know, same generation, between 26 and 40, and Generation Z, our youngest entrants, our graduates right now are between 11 and 25. So when there's a generation in in between is when you have the biggest gap. So baby boomers really struggle with generation Y with millennials. With we as Generation X, as Anne Marie, you and I, we sort of get them. They're the gen next generation down, yeah. But we struggle with Generation Z, yeah. Our graduates in their early twenties, mid twenties, when they come into the workforce. But here's the thing: that generation over are actually our children. We've brought <laughs> these. So blame ourselves <laughs> up, that's right and i'll say this to you know especially when I, you know i have presentations about multi-general leadership i say this to the sort of back of the room baby boomers you know you brought these you brought these kids up and they're in the workforce now and their behavior displaced that because um you know and again something sort of more general to shine a light on what you know the generational problems are it's felt by everyone but it's also there's a big misperception and i had that misperception as well when i started this work that we think you know it's um you know it's it's sort of a, a bit of a um uh, what would you say it's a bit of a fad yeah or oh, mm. let them we'll recruit them yeah and then they'll grow out of it because we show them how things are done around here and behaviors 
um, of different generations are not a fad. It's not a pendulum. They don't grow out of it because our behaviors are very connected to our values, yeah? And values is something we grow up with, yeah? So think about how you brought up your own children. They bring those values and how they've been brought up into the workplace, yeah? It's much, much deeper anchor than just, well, this is how we work around here. Um, so basically, generations are a product of, you know, of the events, their own leaders, yeah, their development, their upbringing, yeah, their parents and their culture and the country they live in, um, and the trends of their time. And history in trends of their time is something called social markers. And, um, and I think it's really important to talk about that for a minute because we're talking about what, Im what impact your generations and their behaviours have on the workplace, yeah? It's important to understand where that comes from. Um, so when you look at, for example, at some of the social markers of baby boomers, yeah, they grew up in times of, you know, where they had the first TVs, so it was a little bit more globalised, rock and roll, but also the Cold War. Yeah. So they've been brought up with, you know, their parents who actually went through the war. Yeah. And then there was the Cold War. Generation X, people like you and I, we grow up with the first person computers and having a person computer in your household, certainly at work. But we also this the first generation to truly been brought up in single parent families. Yeah. So your social social demographic. Um, you know, world that you grew up in also has a lot to do with how independent you work. So look at how Generation X is much more independent than baby boomers and traditionalists were at work. Absolutely impacts leadership style, right? Whereas Generation Y, our millennials, yeah, internet, cable TV, globalization, yeah, zipping around the work and doing internships and environmentalism yeah we haven't been we haven't been brought up in that way and we look to in the environment very different to, than the younger generations and the generation z yeah 10 to 24 they're born into the digital world we call them digital natives yeah and the you know the, the big events for them certainly gfc and now covid and they are impacted by covid that's going to be their social marker when they go into leadership they're shaped by that you know by the angst fear, anxiety, but also the opportunity to shift things around and work in the new normal and, you know, use um, technology really well to connect really well and, and lead well in this world. Yeah, they, they, will they will show us the way in this. So we, we have to understand that the way we grow up and our social markers actually inform us and make us who we are in our generation. Now, I don't want to put anyone into, you know, into, um, you know, a sort of a square or a corner. This is a generalisation of what we see in the world. Of course, there's a lot more at play. But if in organisations or as individuals, even in families, yeah, we understand where behaviour comes from, it's really, you know, it's really from our past and how we grew grown up and, and, and the, and, you know, in the environment and what happened around us. Brilliant. And and it's so true what you're saying. And so often what they, they when I say they individuals do in a workplace is they don't recognise that. And as you said, they assume that people are going to change. But if it's been brought up and it's just who they are, then pushing back is just going to continue to cause conflict. Let's talk about then. Okay, we recognise that we need to recognise that there's differences in our approach. But communication, I know, is one of the biggest reasons why people struggle. They're, they're communicating with one another, but they're not understanding understanding one another. So I know you're going to share today about how we can communicate with this growing work workforce of younger generations um, and help kind of get them and get them to embrace and involved in, in changing workplace culture. What are some Absolutely. things? 
Yeah, so communic communication is a big one. And when you look, again, when you look at, um, are you still there, Anne-Marie? Oh, yeah, there, there you are. Sorry. We can see you. So, um, you know, when we look at the way, um, you know, baby boomers, um, you know, communicate in a proper way, um, you know, writing letters, you know, just about to, you know, used to writing emails. Um, and communication has changed in a way that, you know, there's um, a very natural use of um, social media and technology, but it's also, you know, sort of, um, you know, it's it's more in, you know, it's evolving back into symbols. So when you think of hieroglyphs 4,000, 40,000 years ago, and you've got all the hieroglyphs in, in Egypt, yeah, now you look at a whole range of emoticons. And when I do webinars or I'm in the room, I can actually make that visual what it looks like. We sort of have gone back to using really short message and sort of almost coding and emoticons to be able to express what we want to say, yeah? And I do think it comes partly from that we don't have time anymore, yeah? Technology has made us to react much quicker as well. And again, that's, that's making us and in younger generations to just on a language level, yeah, to be, you know, short, descriptive, um, and, you know, be sort of that little bit hip about it as well. Now, I'm not saying that every, you know, every organization has to change, but when I think of, um, you know, how you would recruit on board and give feedback, when I see organizations do that really well, is that they start to adapt to that. So just think about you recruit, you try to attract younger younger generations yeah having a long job description on an online job platform and you know requesting a formal resume is probably not what really works for younger generations especially generation y so think about how they communicate do you know what the biggest search engine of generation y and the new one is actually generation alpha that's 10 years in younger do you know the biggest search engine it's not google yeah yeah it's youtube yeah, YouTube is their biggest search engine. So we're changing in terms of communication to shorter, but also using video really well. Yeah, so I see organizations uh, putting out job ads where, you know, it is through a video, asking for a video, yeah, um, and therefore finding out what are your values? Why do you think you fit off the, you know, for the job? Why would you want to work for us? Give us a video and, you know, and a short narrative. So it works for them. Because the old way doesn't get the response you want. Yeah, so I'm just talking about recruiting and onboarding. But you can feed that through the whole of the organization. Why do we expect the younger generation to do everything exactly the way we do in formal yeah. communication, emails, and having folders and, 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 and working our way? So it's about understanding how do you work? How, how do I get the, the best out of you? Because when you look at those numbers, Anne-Marie, you know, they're over 70% of our workforce is going to be generation um, generation Y and Z. Um, yeah, in, in, that's exactly right, right? So they're our leaders. So our job now is to develop them as leaders so they can lead, you know, in a way that, you know, our businesses still grow and, you know, the world is a happier place. Yeah. But we it's have to understand how they learn. Oh, it's so interesting. I mean, even if I think of, because I've got ch children who are uh, early 20s, 
mid-20s actually to, to late 20s and even in just how we communicate you know my husband will say well can you contact them or let them know and I'll what are you doing I said I'm going to message them on Facebook do I message them ring them and it's like ring them why would I ring them who, who rings these days <laughs> message on Facebook done and dusted you know that kind of thing and so what's interesting thing and one of the the, the, the points that you mentioned is it's so important to understand and have different ways of communication isn't there different ways um, that allows them to, to tap into the bet because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how they're communicating, but that the message is understood and the things that you want them to work on is, um, is, is completed. Something else that I'd love you to share a little bit on as well is this whole topic of you have to start at nine and finish at five or whatever that whole, that's probably something that's quite different now too with the younger generation, because a lot of them um, tend maybe not to start early, but later on in the day and then towards the evening work quite late at night different again best times that they operate talk a little bit about that if you've got some insights mm. yeah yeah absolutely and part of that comes from my research but I can also tell you a story you know about a company who does that really well and it is a process but you know it's work-life integration but also seeing work as your third place the um you know, the sort of intermingling of work um, and your life, you know, sort of your values um, is very fluent for younger generations. And they do not understand the concept of you work hard from nine to five and you definitely, you know, do overtime as well and it's paid and re remunerated in a certain way. It is different to them. For them, it's more, um, it's the output and it's the purpose. Now, again, it goes both ways. That, that doesn't mean that as senior leaders, we now let them go out and off and just do their own thing. We, they have to be clear about, you know, expectations, um, you know, their delivery and, you know, what they have, you know, what they have to do and what they have to bring to the company, of course. That hasn't changed, but it's different in a way, you know, how we communicate that. And shifting to a more work-life integration is definitely requires flexibility. That actually plays really well within the context of the world that we are in today because they work well remotely um, or that they want that connection. So, you know, they're still a few, you know, people now want to go back to work and they do as well. But that flexibility of when they work um, has definitely changed. Um, I'll give you an example. So it's a, just a little bit more uh, practical. I work with a client in Prague. Um, it's a team of 70 people and um, they uh, deliver, design and deliver um, study programs to uh, business school students all around the world. It's quite a young and a, even more now young workforce than it was ever before. And what the organization realized is there was a bit of a turnover and there was a big clash in communication between the senior leadership, who was Generation X and had been there for most of this time, the senior leaders all been there for 20 years, um, and the younger workforce, and it just didn't work. So what the leadership team did was actually have proper constructive collaborative conversations started with an uh, employee engagement survey taking that survey further and have round table discussion in project groups to find out what they needed and what the young younger generation said was we want more flexibility we want to be able to work from home because we travel so much with these student groups that I can't you know fathom to come from a plan off going to the office and you know, have that restriction. I also, you know, 
I, I need I need a bit of you know my life and work from home. Yeah, so we would like to work on a basis of um, you know reaching goals and targets and being measured by that rather than being in the office. Um, so that was one thing, and they really did this where within two years you could work from home as many hours as you wanted, as long as you hit your KPIs. But the KPIs look different from KPIs now because it's about delivery, but it's also about you check in and how well you you know you manage and lead your own teams. And the other things they also um, wanted are um, you know being able to contribute in a purposeful way. So they're like, we want to give back. We don't work with charities. So then it was employee-led three project with three charities um, that most of the people now work from work uh, work for um, and work with. Um, and they wanted access to the leadership team. So there's ask me anything, um, open conversations and town halls all the time as well. Um, so it, it actually changed from a quite hierarchical, um, um, you know, sort of structure in the organisation to a much broader um, uh, structure where it was more about project teams, you know, flexible working hours, of course, the, you know, what had to be delivered and the financial and commercial outcome of the business hadn't changed, yeah. It was just delivered and asked for in a different way. So there are yeah. certain interventions and it took about two years to get there and it's an ever-evolving, of course, process. But it's probably one of the companies where I have seen um, where they did that really, really well. Yeah. What's really interesting is the feedback that they got from the younger generation saying we would love to be able to tap in to the, lead, the senior leadership. And what that often shows is um, how often senior leadership, they may think that they're sharing, you know, content inf information, but actually not. How does that look just out of, I'm curious, is, was, is that structured or is there a way that, um, you know, the younger generation can ask certain questions that's gathered and then the senior leadership team is in, how, how is that facilitated? Mm. So the Ask Me Anything meetings are uh, open uh, because it is literally Ask Me Anything. Now, I, I must underline and stress, you can't, you're not able to do and facilitate these open sessions if there's no trust to start off with. So if as an organisation or as a leader, you think that's a great idea, I'm going to do that with my team or my, my organisation, you really have to work with, you know, your leadership team and your you know, your team coach on do we have the right platform? Because for um, your wider organisation and your teams to have the trust to ask everything, you got to build the trust, yeah? So what this company has always done really well is being absolutely transparent about everything. Yeah, here's our company structure. Here's how much money we make, yeah? And I know that's not always possible, especially when you're publicly listed or, you know, it's a bit more complex, but you know, that your work starts, of course, you know, on the cultural basis um, of, you know, building trust. So they can be in, you have to be transparent. So the younger generations are ready to ask the tough questions. Then as a leadership team, you have to be able to answer them. And then you're going to have to hold the room and do something with that. So if they're tough questions of, why are we still working in these structures? You know, uh, we really want more flexible hours. What are you going to do with that? That you take that on board, build project groups and get them to come up with solutions to start off with. Yeah? All the research I've read, uh, Anne-Marie, really shows that 
you know, if you want to make a change for younger generations, get them involved and ask them how they would run it. Yeah. That doesn't mean you ask the answer to their every whim. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, who wants change? Everyone goes, you know, yes. Who wants to, who wants to lead the change? No one, you know, so, you know, no one's, no one raises their hand. So get them involved. Um, but you, you have to start with trust building first before you can do a very open, ask me anything. You have to do them regularly, uh, transparently, um, and then use the outcome and whatever came up to, you know, to do something with that as well and get them involved. So you get that buy-in from them. And then, of course, you can do roundtable discussions. You have project groups and so on and so forth. So that's what that would look like. Mm. And and I, as you stressed, and I know that this is going to be relevant for everyone, every organisation is going to be different. There might be some, some key strategies or frameworks that you use, but at what timing that you implement them depends on the, the foundations that you've built. But what's really interesting about that, and which is why I asked that question, is that even from, you know, from both sides, both parties, the older and then the younger generation, it's not until we often walked in someone's shoes that we can appreciate more fully some of the parameters that has led to the discussion. So I would imagine that with some of the leadership team having that transparency on on some of the reasons why they're doing things because they're not keeping things behind you know locked behind the door um, of just the boardroom of the senior leadership the younger generation can see oh is that why isn't it always the case if we know why and and we can see and we're, we're kind of getting buy-in to the bigger picture everyone can then work together and vice versa so I really love um you know that that kind of open and contributing culture because you just don't know someone may come up with an idea and they start brainstorming it because it's encouraged of them you can come up with a solution to something that you would never have come up with you know were it not for um, the appreciation of people being able to be openly discuss things and and come up with these ideas now for a company to think okay where are we at on a scale from not doing really well to doing really well like this company in Prague what are some things that organisations can do to start to temperature check their multi, you know, their multi-gen workplace culture? What are some things that you could advise? Yeah. Um, so uh, in, in a minute, I want to talk about a uh, tool, a diagnostic I'm developing. So it's actually easy, easier for companies to do that first temperature check where, you know, you do an assessment, you answer some questions to see where you're at in um, you know, different areas. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll shine a light on that as well. But it, it starts with um, really looking at you know your main um, your main areas, yeah, and um, workplace culture, for example, social connection and belonging, you know, is is the first part you need to look at, um, and you know that work life integration, that communication piece, um, because it's interesting the uh, main conversations then I have you know, with the decision makers in organisations and they are the ones who come to me, you know, through, you know, talking to, to me and, and, and doing their own research, you know, it's exactly what they say. They're like, just we, we actually have no idea because we don't actually talk to the younger generations because of that misperception of they're coming in with a set of behaviours and we're going to make sure we change that through our pendulum and how things are done here. We don't actually really know, know right? Our job as leaders is... To create new leaders yeah we have to prepare those two generations to be able to lead businesses in this in a sustainable and successful way yeah so they you know they they, they run you know profitably and for purpose for purpose actually you know more important for younger generations and therefore we have to find out what are their fears and what are their motivators 
And it's all about having that two-way conversation. Um, and you can do that through, you know, Ask Me Anything uh, projects, but simply putting um, channels of communication in place where that's done in a meaningful way. I know so many companies who don't even have town hall um you know, uh, 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 town halls anymore where, you know, you have the opportunity to explain your why. Uh, or it's the, the buck stops them with the team leaders. It's not even part of their KPIs to have those conversations. Or, you know, very easily use your social media channels. Yeah, that works. Again, that works really well. How are you doing in your communication department? Yeah, when it comes out, when it comes to output in terms of videos and language that sits with younger generations. Are you using Yammer or you're still on email? Most of the, you know, modern organizations I work with are moving away from email. Yeah, they're using Microsoft Teams, they're using Yammer, they're using other forms of technology to interact and communicate with each other. Now, where, um, you know, it, it's much more success, uh, uh, um, what do you, what do you say? Well, it's, it's, it's much better. So what's the word? Successful. Yes. Kind of, it's For all streamlined and succinct in that kind of one area. If you have Slack, the communications are going on. I mean, if I have a look at what my son is doing, I mean, he's 26 and he's got three computer screens because he's at home at the moment because they're all kind of, um, you know, working from home, three screens, 20 different conversations going on and I, my head just spins. But these youngsters can do that, can't they? They can do that really well. So if you talk about productivity, they could probably do something in five minutes that would talk with the technology at their fingertips that might take us, you know, maybe an hour. Or um, So it's interesting, a lot of those tools. And, you know, it's one of those things, I think, if you allow them to communicate in a way that they communicate best, you're then able to provide an environment where they can show up and be their best and not try. It's, it's almost like getting us to use a piece of technology that we may have require a little bit more time to use. And so fascinating mm. uh, conversation. So what, what are you finding then once people have gone through a bit of a temperature check and then again, getting people to contribute, getting these younger generations to contribute around roundtables on how they would like to see which tools are best adopted, what they would prefer. Again, getting them to participate in the conversation as you're starting to roll out some changes rather than the senior leadership team making that decision again for them, mm. right, we're doing this now. That would work better, wouldn't it? Collaborative conversations? Yeah, absolutely. So the conversations start to be more collaborative. But what you see as well is and what you find in, you know, when you look at international study programs, yeah, um, you know, you your your outcome as an organization is productivity, you know, retention, um, you know, having a good purpose, but making a profit at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, purpose before profit. And you obviously measure your own organizational goals um, along these parameters. What you find is that the vehicles and the interventions that you use through your people work much better. And first of all, you have to create the awareness, yeah, of you know what what does it all entail, where the different you know areas of you know technology innovation, skill alignment, um, you know um, uh, work life integration, uh, training and development, communicate community and communication. And this is where the temperature you know uh, check and my diagnostic tool will sit to be able to then work together in a collaborative way. Way of coming up with um, structures, processes, and even products, yeah? Because you should also ask them, what do our clients think? Has that changed, yeah? Your clients, 
you know, either grow with you or they grow out of you and you have new clients, right? So, you know, tap into your younger generations to get that knowledge. You know, why do we leave innovation to an innovations department or the, you know, the chief tech, uh, uh, technological officer where you have people sitting there who know what is there in terms of innovation. They can work on that. Hackathons are the last biggest thing to, you know, um, use, um, you know, and, and develop that skill to be able to innovate um, and, you know, and, and design as well. Um, so, yeah, then the next step is what do you do with that? So temperature check first and then, of course, break into, you know, projects and plans on what do you want to work, um, you know, towards, you know, next. I think it's also a little bit, you know, again, we you can't put everything and everyone in the same box because everyone, you know, or in a box because every organisation or every team would have, would discover, you know, different levels of then the temperature check. Um, but it's also important to keep the organisational goal in check. Yeah, how does it align with the organisational goal? But if the organisational goal is, for example, to have higher retention and staff engagement um, and, you know, in your temperature check, what you notice is that, you know, say training and development and recruitment, you know, it, you know, it doesn't align with that. So then go deeper and find out what it is um, and understand that, you know, younger generations, you know, Generation Z will probably have about, um, I think it's uh, 16 careers. It's 18 jobs in six careers. Again, it's generalised and Deloitte actually says we don't see that. Um, but, you know, uh, that also accounts for having, you know, opportunities within the organisation. Um, and, and with that, you know, change change your position or even change a whole department. So as organisations, we have to be really flexible and remember that um, younger generations, um, again, marked through their social markers of having probably been retrenched already a couple of times, yeah? GFC has happened now in COVID. The younger generations are the ones who lose their jobs. Um, so they're used to that and they go into the into a job with that attitude that they know I could be retrenched, but I also could go because I'm looking for new opportunities. Yeah. yeah. What that means for an organization is don't get upset about it, but maximize your recruitment and your onboarding and your training process. Yeah. Young generations say, don't tell me what I already know. Train me what I need to do the job. Yeah. So again, using your onboarding with videos, um, things to read up, giving good resources, but then train them in a way so they can um, add value to the organisation rather than, you know, just doing a job. This this attitude and approach is so different from how we learned, Anne-Marie, right? And we have to understand that as organisation. Again, like it's not the same with every individual and every organisation, but the trend for people to come and go is big so therefore you have to look at all your channels of communication when you recruit on board and train and training and development there is a much bigger focus on soft skills rather than your technical skills yeah, yeah. there needs to be that training but they are asking for soft skills so important and, and you know i think um if we if we look at what's happening in the world today, I mean, I, I know that so many organisations now are having to revisit, you know, the, just everything that that has to do with the, in their workplace and how they do business, and 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 I think that will continue on. And so, the best people that you could get on your team are the ones who who are flexible, who are able to not only embrace innovation and change, but who are also able to contribute to it, contribute to it. So in uh, 
from an organizational point of view, we need to be innovative in all sorts of areas because so many of our customers, uh, key stakeholders from a global scale have changed, um, you know, have needed to change. And I think moving forward, we can get the best from everybody of all generations working in our organization um, so that we can shift and change a lot quicker. I mean, I know for a lot of the smaller businesses uh, are probably set, isn't it? Because that's kind of their, that they do, they're able to move a lot quicker whereas you've got these large organizations that have meetings after meetings after meetings to have a meeting does it you know that they seek to come up with a change or something like that so look I know we've only just scratched the surface but it's certainly been a, a, an interesting conversation so if people were listening today Jessica or maybe even watching or listening to the replay and they'd love to know a little bit more about you how best should they reach out they should reach out um, by emailing me on, and I'm sure it's in the show notes as well, jessica at intactteams.com and just have a conversation with me about if it's in particular to multi-gen, um, my diagnostic tool uh, to temperature check is going to be ready in about a month or so. I'm just developing it right now, um, but I also um, help with, you know, just consulting companies. But my work really lies in working with leaders, individuals, um, coaching teams and, uh, you know, groups and organisations to put out all the stops and, um, you know, create communication channels, um, being able to, um, you know, develop in a way that, you know, they are able to influence and innovate in the best way they can and that's that's really where my work is. Yeah, fantastic, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And of course, this is part of Business Women Australia. And uh, if you've been listening or watching and you are a woman who is in business, uh, maybe your own business or you're part of a leadership team and you are living in Australia and you want to find out more about Business Women, all you need to do is go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au. 